On the record on News Talk. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. First, as you've been hearing in the news, Russia, Russia even has escalated its war on Ukraine with a strike on a major military close to the Polish border, killing at least 35 people and injuring 134 more. Large explosions were seen on Sunday at that military base in a city less than 10 miles from the Polish border. Niall O'Connor, Niall O'Connor from the journal .ie is on the Ukrainian-Polish border and he joins me on the line now. So Niall, I suppose first of all, you being on the border, the Polish-Ukraine border, what has the reaction locally been to what happened? It only adds to the tension um, that's already there. Uh, I think there is uh, certainly around the town of Shemesh, there is a lot of tension, a lot of people are very worried. Um, the There's still a constant flow of refugees uh, that hasn't been affected, but it has been inching closer over recent days here, certainly uh, in terms of attacks on air bases uh, nearby, um, just north of Lviv, um, which is a very short distance from, it's about 100 kilometers from uh, the Polish-Ukraine border. But the fact that it's now within, we'll say 16 Ks, uh, that's certainly going to ramp it up a little bit. But I can say that there is a a fairly marked increase in military activity fairly close to these border towns now. I've witnessed uh, a surface-to-air missile site just uh, just to the west of uh, Shemesh, uh, and I've also seen some other military activity at the airport, including Patriot launchers. So look, there's there's clearly uh, concerns. I suppose people don't entirely know what is happening because the military aren't telling anyone, but there is certainly a response there. Just explain for listeners where exactly you are and what you've been seeing since you arrived. I am on the furthest reaches of Poland. Uh, I'm just, uh, um, uh, the town of Shemesh is 10 kilometers from the Polish border. That's about the size of Cork City. Uh, about 200,000 people live there. But clearly, obviously, that, that population has massively increased. Um, and then about 10 kilometers from Shemesh is the, the, the tiny village of Medica, <coughs> or Medica. Uh, and Medica is, uh, is, the major border crossing. But the reason why this area is particularly busy with refugees is because the trains from Lviv and Kiev uh, come here directly from there and they drop off the uh, refugees uh, on train, on trains at that location. And then they they, uh, they look after them there for two to three days before they're, they're sent out to other parts of Poland. But the Medica play area is particularly um, awash with refugees because they're coming across at that location on foot. Um, now, there are other locations on foot, but the but Medica is particularly busy. Um, and that's uh, that's where I am at the moment. And are you noticing, like in, in, on other border areas, where it is the noise of generators constantly, the bright lights shining, it's very difficult if you have children to be able to get them to switch off to get some rest. It's so busy. It is, but these people have... The one takeaway, Shane, from what I've seen here, and I'm sure other reporters will tell you the same that have come over, it is these people have a kind of an absolute resoluteness to them. They have a determination to get. Um, it's almost like they're just perpetually in motion. Uh, you know, the the kids are with them. It's all women and children. 
um, about 95%, maybe 90, even as high as 98% of the refugees are women and children. They're uh, just the odd elderly uh, uh, grandfather uh, coming with them. But um, there is a resoluteness to them. There's a determination to them. They just, they look very much very focused on keeping moving and getting as far away as they can from Ukraine. But when they get in then to a local uh, holding centre here for refugees in Shemesh, they then have to, uh, they go into, it's a former Tesco's, would you believe? Um, and at the start of this, they, this, the, the local government here in the City Hall, they requisitioned the Tesco's. They removed all of the, the oils and all the rest of it out of it. And they've put in beds now for refugees in there. But when you go in there and you can't video in there, but you can certainly walk in there and you can, can see them, their kind of attitude changes at that point and that resoluteness and that determination there's that's when the upset cost uh, comes because then they realize okay we're going to be here for an awful lot longer than and i must add this also the refugees the vast majority of them believe they'll be going home in a week or two that this will all be over in a week or two but all the humanitarians are saying otherwise uh, and that you know and that is very difficult for these people to deal with you know the other day i was trying to help a woman uh, with uh, myself and two other humanitarian, well, two other people, two Irish humanitarians that were here with um, Hendrix Haulage. They were uh, trying to fix her van uh, to get her going again. She had just come across the border um, and uh, she was utterly convinced that she would be going back to Kiev. Um, but of course, that's not going to happen. And there's there's absolutely no hope of that. Yeah. And, the, and the, I think that's is, the, the real shocking thing. That's what they have to tell their children too, because you don't know what to say to your children about when or if they'll return to their home. It's very difficult, Niall, from sort of comfortable Ireland on a Sunday here to think about the local Tesco being turned into that sort of a hub. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, it's not lost on anyone here. I don't think that this is just such an extraordinary incident, such an extraordinary event. Um, I can imagine... You know, just the day before I went, I came out here, I was shopping in my local Tesco and that's exactly the thought that that happened uh, when I walked in there. Um, look, it is extraordinary. Um, and I think people at home need to realise that this is the biggest movement of people imaginable. Um, and the efforts that are being made by the Polish people here are extraordinary, but they need support, but they need focused support. And that's what I reported on yesterday. It's particularly around what needs to be sent here. People in Ireland are sending clothes and out of good faith, I'm sure. But those clothes are summer clothes. They're, un they're, they're unsuitable. And what people are asking here for is uh, medical supplies, babies, uh, items like f uh, baby food and nappies, uh, women, uh, women's hygienic items also. Um, you know, and I think that, that needs to be, that's a message that needs to probably go home because uh, speaking there to... Um, Shemesh City Hall uh, officials yesterday, that's what they're asking for. Mm. Um, there's nothing they can do with, with summer clothes. It's, when I arrived here the first two days, it was minus five. It's now about five or six degrees above freezing here, but the fields are still frozen. So people are frozen. And on the other side of the border, just outside of Medica, there are people sleeping out in the rough before, as they queue overnight. Yeah. I just want to ask you, Niall, finally, uh, because you're on the ground, you're seeing this. Do we need to have an honest conversation here in Ireland? I mean, people have been great and they're donating lots of money and lots of things. It's very clear that some people are using this crisis to clear out their houses of absolute tat and send it over to the Ukrainian people. Um, look, I'll be straight and honest with you. I'm an unengaged journalist. My job is just to report what I see on the ground. Um, 
I'm not going to even try and second guess why people would do that, why they would send summer clothes or unsuitable items uh, over here. But what I will say to people is that if it is a case of blind ignorance of the actual situation on the ground, then they need to start looking at the media and they need to start reading this because we're all telling them. So the fact of the matter is, is that what people need to do now is they need to have a think before they send. There were two politicians over here yesterday, Cattleberry, an ex-Irish Army Ranger, and uh, Senator Gerald Crockwell, who also served in the in the forces. And they were very strict. They were very straight on saying people need to give money to the Irish Red Cross. And maybe that is the idea. Give it to the people who really know how to do this. Um, I mean, there's brilliant efforts going on in Ireland, absolutely superb efforts in Ireland, but there needs to be maybe a little thought gone into how and what you're sending. Um, that list that I gave you there a while ago from the City Hall, that's exactly what they need. You know, that is exactly what they need. OK, Niall, we'll stay safe and thank you for all the reporting. That's the journals. Niall O'Connor there reporting from the Poland-Ukraine border. Thank you, Niall. Thank you, Shane.